Welcome to the Alderley Park Discovery Podcast, produced in partnership with the online pharmaceutical news and analysis destination, PharmaForum. The podcast presents perspectives on UK and global bioscience innovation trends, with input from experts located within Alderley Park in the northwest of England. The Life Science Campus offers exceptional bioscience facilities for R&D-focused life science companies at every stage of their life cycle, from startup to global corporate. I'm Dominic Tyre, Creative and Editorial Director at PharmaForum. So, Kath, welcome to the podcast. I'd like to start by asking you just to say a few words about yourself and also to introduce Alderley Park to the listeners. Thank you very much. My name's Kath Mackay and I'm Managing Director of Alderley Park in Cheshire. Um, Alderley Park is the UK's largest life science campus and is home to over 200 organisations, each of those working on healthcare challenges through different um, technologies or or tools or development of new medicines. In those organisations, we have three research institutes. We have the Medicines Discovery Catapult, the Antimicrobial Resistance Centre and Cancer Research UK Manchester Institute. So it really is a vibrant scientific community that we, we have on site. Um, and we support those companies to grow in scale with access to scientific facilities, science services and support. And we run an award-winning accelerator programme uh, with Biocity, which offers funding support, boot camps and access to an expert mentor network. Um, Oldley Park is part of uh, Brunswick SciTech's network of innovation districts. And Brunswick SciTech um, was formed in 2018 and is a joint venture between Brunswick, the property company, and Legal in general. SciTech is the UK's largest dedicated property provider to science and technology businesses, and it's a very interesting organisation to be part of, um, given the, the focus on life science and technology organisations currently in response to, to the health and care challenge of COVID-19. And I joined Elderly Park last year, and, and prior to this, I worked at Innovate UK, um, the government's innovation agency, where I led the life science team. And um, I've got a broad background in um, commercial development um, working in both the private and public sector, and um, I'm also a former scientist. Okay, great. So th- there's obviously an awful lot going on uh, at Alderley Park, perhaps now more, more than ever before. But in, in this episode of the podcast, we're, we're looking at the Lighthouse Lab uh, COVID-19 testing programme. So can you tell us a bit about uh, the Lighthouse Lab um, network to get us uh, started? Absolutely. So The Lighthouse Lab Network is um, a network of national diagnostic labs, which has been created recently by UK government and Department of Health and Social Care. And it's supported by the wider scientific community to support the fight against COVID-19. But the Mega Lab at Oldie Park forms part of that network, and it's the largest and biggest kind of public diagnostics effort in British history. And and how does the Alderley Park Lighthouse Lab uh, fit into the UK's national plan uh, for tackling COVID-19? So the Lighthouse Labs generally um, across that network were established in a matter of weeks to increase the number of coronavirus tests that could take place each day to support the national effort against the coronavirus pandemic. So the Lighthouse Labs and the Oldley Park Lab are part of the government's five pillar plan to rapidly scale up coronavirus testing across the UK and uh, actively contributing to the achievement of the government's testing target. And just looking at uh, Alderley Park's place within this network, why was Alderley Park uh, chosen, do you think, as one of the first sites for for a lighthouse lab? 
So Audley Park's got a, a, a strong reputation um, in life sciences as a campus for, for science and innovation. It was um, selected to be one of three lighthouse labs because of its world-leading infrastructure and also because it was part of Brockwood SciTech's wider network of expertise. Brockwood SciTech led the design and delivery of the facility, um, so it was recognised the expertise in property and laboratory development, and it pulled upon wider expertise from the group in areas such as project management, construction operations, um, science knowledge, waste logistics, and health and safety support and advice. Mm-hmm. And of course, Alderley Park hasn't just been selected for one, for one of the sites for a lighthouse lab, but in, indeed it's, it's up and running already. Can you, can you tell us when the lab went, went live and how it's been performing since then? No, absolutely. So the, li- the lab went live in April um, and it, it's up and running. And it was around three weeks from um, an early scoping call I had with the, the chief exec of the Medicines Discovery Catapult who run that network. We had a chat to, to talk about whether this could be done at Oldley Park. And from that chat to the arrival and testing of the first patient samples was, was around three weeks. So it's, um, it got up and running incredibly quickly and is now on a daily basis continuing to increase the daily testing figures and um, hit those government targets. And it, it must have been a huge effort to um, begin that work and, and undertake it at such speed. I presume it's not something was, you were able to do it entirely uh, in working in isolation. Can you, can you tell us a bit about how, well, how you've worked with the NHS and the, perhaps the wider scientific community on, on the lab? So the, the Lighthouse Lab at Oldley Park and the wider network of, of labs is managed by an organisation called Medicines Discovery Catapult. And they're a UK research and innovation funded technology and innovation centre based at Alden Park. They haven't done it alone and they've pulled together a cross-organisation team, uh, which we're part of, um, and there are lots of different organisations working closely together um, to to tackle this problem and get the facilities up and running so quickly. So the MDC, um, as we'll call them, has been required to commission equipment, train laboratory scientists to run the facility, and work closely with the NHS, Public Health England, um, and academic groups such as the University of Manchester, to validate experiments, review data, and align it with NHS data. And with, like I said, within three weeks, they were screening the first patient samples at, at Oldview Park. Another part of that team is AstraZeneca, who've been working closely with the catapult on um, the development of high-throughput assays. Academia and NHS were also involved, providing governance, um, knowledge of how the virus operates, um, auditing of the facility by the NHS, for example, and the lab itself is run by teams of volunteers that have come from wider academic groups across the north of the UK. So the people in those facilities currently come from organisations such as Cancer Research UK, University of Manchester, Manchester Metropolitan University, University of Salford, Liverpool, Keele, York. There are many, many others which, uh, which I haven't mentioned. There is, a, there is a contribution from SMEs. So there are a number of companies on-site and off-site who are contributing to the Lighthouse Labs by lending their expertise and capabilities. And I suppose wider in the, in the public sector, um, there, are, there are other organisations who, who aren't life science organisations, but design and build and laboratory organisations, which have provided um, lab and scientific expertise and, and health and safety expertise. So clearly it's bringing together quite a range of partners uh, on, on this endeavour. How important is that uh, spirit of collaboration for something of this this magnitude? 
collaboration has been incredibly important. So it's not been delivered by one, one organization um, working, working alone. Um, so we, in terms of getting those labs up and running, we work really closely with the Caspol, with, with our vendors, with AstraZeneca to get things up and running. Um, with Medicines Discovery, Caspol's uh, leading the facility and playing a, a larger coordination role. And this couldn't happen without organisations putting their says, commercial differences and drivers to one side and, and gathering together around a shared challenge. Another part of that challenge is um, the instrumentation and the equipment side of things, where the, um, the, the PCR assay um, is run on equipment which was donated by academic and university institutions across the country. So across the network, I think there were in somewhere in the region of 7,500 PCR readers. Some of those have arrived at Oldley Park in black cabs, buses, army vans. They've turned up in every form of transport possible. So it's just interesting, actually, in, in terms of that wider collaboration, um, how many different types of organisations have been involved, including on the logistics side, um, the army. And the, uh, the, so the Alderley Park Lighthouse Lab is, as, as you mentioned, one of three in the country and it's described in, in this lovely phrase as a, as a mega lab. But can you give us an idea about what scale of operations that, that involves at Alderley Park? Absolutely. And it has been described as a, a mega lab or a super lab, depending on what you want to call it. I think that reflects I think, the, the amount of testing going on um, rather than the size of the facility. But it is, it is a, a quite a large facility nonetheless. And we can look at um, how the Lighthouse Lab works in practice. Um, how does it uh, fit in with elements such as uh, the uh, drive-through testing sites, for example, that, that we've been hearing have been, have been set up and are, are operational? Yeah, absolutely. I suppose it's, it's part of that wider, wider network of testing centres and collection centres that we've heard about on, uh, on the news or through the scientific press. So COVID-19 swab samples are basically sent to Oldley Park um, and the Lighthouse Laboratory there across the country for analysis. So that there's no swapping that takes place at Oldley Park. It, it happens off-site at it, the off-site collection centres uh, across the, the north of the Midlands. Um, and those are the, the drive-through um, kind of test centres in airports and car parks that you that you may have heard about. So, if we look at the the operation of the the lighthouse lab, what what sort of workforce challenges um, have you had to perhaps overcome in order to test this um, huge number of samples each day? So, um, no. So, the the medicines discovery catapult is is the group actually kind of testing um, samples, and I think they've had to pull together that um, that group of volunteers to run the laboratory from the various business and academic groups across the north and beyond. I think the challenges that we've had um, across the front with SciTech, it's been to really deliver a facility of that nature in such a short amount of time. So we had to move that pace to create a site that I think normally would take us around four to six months to complete a facility of that nature. And we did it and had the first samples coming in under three weeks. So I mean, we just had to find a way to work more efficiently in terms of pulling upon the expertise of the team to think about how we could get a facility delivered at the required quality um, in a very speedy manner, um, because we obviously couldn't wait four to six months to do that with, with COVID-19, you know, we'd still be doing it now. So we had a lot of kind of challenges to overcome in terms of, you know, how we could deliver such an ambitious project um, so quickly. Um, but we had the, you know, the skills and expertise and, and drive and determination to do that. 
And it, it really does sound like uh, everything is moving at such a quick uh, pace at, at the moment. Um, can you maybe go into a little bit more detail around well, how not not just how quickly it's all come together, but I suppose put it into into context for listeners. How how long would a project of this scale normally take to become operational? Absolutely. I mean, I think it would take around six months, I'd say, to complete a project of this nature. Um, and we, we, we were open in under three weeks and, and complete um, in around five weeks. So it really was um, delivered at unprecedented pace. And I think we, you know, we just had to think about the ways we work as a team um, to, to think about how we can get that delivered um, against such an ambitious time frame. So I mean, within days of getting the call from um, the, the, the catapults, we were working I think, on the planning, on the design. It involved close cooperation and communication between partners um, and a pattern of regular meetings and decision points. Within those days, we already had kind of 50-meter cranes moving large pieces of equipment around on site. And it really was extraordinary in terms of, of how we were put together. I think what was absolutely critical is the prioritization of this project um, and the fact that we, we were, everyone knew, the team knew what they were working towards and knew they were personally contributing to the national effort. So there was no kind of lack of motivation really in the team. Everyone really, really wanted to crack on and get this done and get it done as soon as possible. And our team was really required to design and deliver the facilities in a completely new way. Um, and I think that really pulled upon the, the project management expertise construction and operations expertise of the group and the, the lab design and, and implementation side of the group to get that done. Um, and it really was in response to, to the vital national need, which was well recognised by every single person working on the project. And you've, you've talked a bit about uh, the, the combination of, of um, partners and different uh, stakeholders that were required or that, that, that have come together to um, allow this project to come to fruition. But if we look at um, what that means on a workforce level, what sort of combination of, of maybe of experts or mix of skills have been required to, um, to bring this project off? So the Medicines Discovery Catapult has been required to pull together um, a really highly skilled specialist workforce to carry out the testing. Um, Luckily, that was an abundance in the north of the UK with so much um, sort of talent in, in those institutions and university groups that, that I've mentioned. But they've really been um, on the lookout for, for laboratory scientists who have experienced PCRSA come to Oldley Park and, and work in that facility. There's now around 80 people in the Oldley Park laboratory and wider logistics team. And it, it couldn't have really taken place without the wider team of volunteers that, that came forward. Really, they've looked for scientists who are comfortable and competent in a class two environment and those who are comfortable and competent um, with molecular biology. As well as the, the Medicines Discovery Casport effort, there's been a, a wider kind of national support from organisations such as the Bio Industry Association and BioNow, who've been working um, to spread the word about this and other COVID-19 related projects in terms of um, seeking volunteer support and equipment to go into to these and other laboratories. So it's been a real a real mix of um, of, of skills across across the life science community. And looking beyond the life science community, I mean, you, you mentioned um, uh, earlier the um, the army's participation. Have you found yourself working with any other um, non healthcare uh, bodies or organisations uh, on, on on the lab? Yeah, that's been fascinating actually, because obviously you know we I'm a scientist myself, so I always think about the you know what 
what's taking place in the labs and what are the assays and, and, and what's the science. But it, it's really been a, a cross-sector approach to, to delivering this. So, yeah, we, we spoke about the Army, and the Army have been very supportive um, in terms of getting that facility up and running in terms of logistics. Um, and we need to work with other organisations now for a more, a more permanent solution. So we're working with organisations such as Sodexo, who we already work with on site, who are experts in, in logistics. Um, we have a very established um, supply chain of um, construction experts and, um, and organisations. So we've obviously pulled on them a lot too, to get the facility running. So it's been a real kind of construction effort too. We've also worked with um, sort of security consultants. So we're just you know, thinking about kind of um, the facility might be in the spotlight. So we have to think about things like site security. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a real mixed bag um, of, of, of people we've worked with. But we were fortunate um, as a life science campus and as an organisation, which has put a lot of uh, investment into the campus, that we, we have a strong network of um, construction uh, and laboratory experts that we've been able to call upon. Mm-hmm. And, and looking at how the, the Lighthouse Lab has come together, uh, how does that fit? How does that compare with um, the, the breadth of services that Alderley Park would, would usually provide in, in normal circumstances? Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting fit. So I, I said previously we've got around 200 companies on site. Um, there's, a, there's a real breadth and, and a kind of flavour to, to those companies that we have. So we've got organisations working in drug discovery, um, infection, diagnostics, digital, data and AI. And I think that the Lighthouse Lab really is, is very complementary to the expertise that we have on site in infectious diseases and, and lab-based diagnostics so it's a it, it's a very good fit and I think that's why there's been a large pool of volunteers to to call on to run that facility because of the the, the organizations that we currently have on site. Mm-hmm. And then going through the process of um, uh, working on on one of the the, the UK's first lighthouse uh, labs have, have you learned anything new about uh, Alderley Park or it, its staff and clients? I've learned that um, I think my own colleagues and, and the customers that, and clients that we have on site are, are, can be incredibly flexible. Um, and I think they've shown great flexibility in terms of, of delivering this, this programme and, and rising to the challenge. I think what hasn't, it hasn't surprised me. I think it's just reinforced a belief that I have across the campus is that, that they are, really are a very collaborative lot. And in, in times of great need... Um, the scientific community that we have across Audley Park and the wider Northwest um, will, will come together um, at the drop of a hat around a shared scientific um, uh, challenge. Um, and that's been absolutely beautiful to watch, really. Everyone coming together across my organisation um, and across the, the various organisations that are working with the catapult on this. Everyone just wants to come together um, to deliver the testing programme Companies have set aside their, their, their own priorities, their own commercial drivers and targets, and they've just thought about that bigger picture and containing the virus. And I think that, that thread has run through everything that's taken place over the site in the last few weeks and, and all the people working on the project. Mm. And that's such an important uh, mission, really, for the, the whole scientific community at the, the moment. So drawing back from the, uh, what you've learned around uh, Alderley Park, can you tell me a little bit about what lessons in uh, terms of innovation we, we can perhaps draw from the creation of the Lighthouse Lab at what's clearly a time of uh, international crisis? Sure. I think that I mean, I suppose innovation has, uh, has many phases. There, 
there's the creation um, of of new ideas and uh, things, but there's also the kind of deployment and the scale of innovation. I think what the Lighthouse Lab has been a great example of is how you can take an existing innovation and bring together experts and um, and deploy that at scale incredibly quickly. So I think that's a good example and a good lesson of, um, of, of how we can deploy an innovation and, to, and a technology um, at scale. I think there, there are other lessons in innovation across the COVID-19 story, which, which we can think about too. And I think, um, I think there's, there's, there's pulling together expertise across um, the clinical trial network um, to um, deploy um, new and extensive um, COVID-19 treatments um, across across the NHS system, I think what's what's happened in some of those trials is is very exciting, and certainly we have um, probably the most activity in the UK um, when you compare um, the rest of Europe. I think some of the innovations in vaccines development um, have been have been very encouraging, especially the work coming out of the the groups in Oxford. Um, so I think that's a, there's certainly a lot we can think about in terms of um, the creation of, of new treatments and um, and certainly the rollout of, of new diagnostic tools and approaches. Okay, and Kath, I'd like to, to uh, wind up this episode of the the podcast by by hearing your thoughts on the future of the lab. Can you tell me can you tell me what's next for the uh, the, the Lighthouse Lab at Alderley Park? So I think we've built something. Um, quickly to address the COVID-19 um, short-term challenge. Um, and, and actually, that, yeah, that's obviously going to continue. But I think what we've got the opportunity is for a strong diagnostics legacy um, for, for the UK. And there's a commitment um, by um, Matt Hancock in his, his five-pillar plan to kind of grow and cement um, a diagnostics industry in, in the UK and it'd be great if, um, if if we could play a part in that um, in that kind of long-term vision. And we're you know, we're really proud to be to be part of uh, that um, that industry. Great. Well, Kath, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Wonderful. Thank you. You've been listening to the Alderley Park Discovery Podcast. For all episodes and more information, visit alderleypark.co.uk forward slash listen. Please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe within your podcast app so you know when new episodes are released. Thank you.